Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. everybody, welcome to episode 537 of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast, presented by Overdrive. This is Adam, joined by Jill. How's it? Hey, Jill, how, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. It's warm and beautiful. Um, and it's National Library Week. So we have brought on two people who have been on many, many times before, but we haven't like brought on coworkers recently a lot. So if people are new ish to the podcast they might not have ever heard us talk with maria and emma um i'll let you guys introduce yourselves first though and like say what you do at overdrive and emma you can go first because you're top left in my screen <laughs> hi guys thanks for having me uh, my name's emma i'm a staff librarian here at overdrive i work with our public library partners in the u.s and canada how about you maria I am Maria Fez, and I do the same thing as Emma, just with different areas of the U.S., and um, yeah, I think I've been here three, almost three years now, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah, I know Emma's been here longer than me, but we've had a good time talking books, so we're excited to be here. Yeah, um, as we used to, we used to just all the time, because for people who might not know, Overdrive has and not only like a whole team of collection development librarians like Marie and Emma, but there's just a lot of people at Overdrive who have masters in library, library and oh, and, and information science. Is that the correct yeah. masters? Okay. Yeah. Um, I used to joke that I feel like I'm librarian adjacent because I've spent ten years working with librarians, but I don't have that. But in National Library Week. Um, Jill and I had nothing else to do. So we're like, let's bring out some of our librarian friends of not in a while and just do a little round table of, of them telling us what books they've been reading lately. Um, yeah, I'll put, I'll put all the books in the show notes for everybody listening. So you don't have to worry about frantically writing them down. Um, but yeah, we will just kind of go around. Um, Emma has a book that she also doesn't like. Maybe don't lead off with that one. <laughs> yeah. Let's not lead um, off with that one. Yeah, but um, Emma, do you want to start with a, a book that you did enjoy recently? Yes. So before I get to a series of books I'm going to want to talk about that Maria knows about already, because we've talked about it nonstop for the last month, I will start <laughs> with the new Caroline Kepnes book, You Love Me, which conveniently came out yesterday. Uh, so excellent timing and totally planned. Um, this is the third book in the You series, I guess. Um, you may have seen the Netflix show. You may not have. Uh, anyways, this is the third book, which I actually was really excited to hear about when she announced that she was bringing all these characters back. Um, I obviously won't give any spoilers, but this book follows Joe again, uh, your friendly neighborhood <laughs> mm. um 
I assume it's not a spoiler for the first book. You know, he's not a great guy. He's not um, a great guy. <laughs> he's not a great guy. Friendly neighborhood, not a great guy. Friendly <laughs> neighborhood. Well, I was going to say bookseller, um, but he doesn't. He doesn't booksell in this one. He's actually um, employed at a library in this book. So also really good. National Library Week. Good timing. He um he's now set in um the Pacific Northwest. So we've got a nice change of scene for Joe, and he gets a job at the local library. And he meets one of the librarians there named Mary Kay, and he will not fall into his same sort of patterns of being obsessed with a woman in his proximity. Um, but he does. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he he. Um, it's really interesting because in this one, Mary Kay is um, a mother. She's already got a life. Um, I know that some of his previous like paramours were. Um, Mm. closer to his age but um Mary Kay is a mom she's got a job she's got a whole history um and kind of town and baggage and all these things and it's really interesting and also funny which I wasn't expecting to see Joe try to like infiltrate and play this part in this like Pacific Northwest small town library scene um so yeah, this was hilarious, actually, which I find uh, an odd way to describe a book that's about <laughs> such a terrible person. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. If you liked the series, if you liked any of these books, it's it's definitely similar, but I did think it was probably the most, I don't want to say funny again, but just like tongue in cheek, um, mm -hmm. because it's a little bit ridiculous that Joe keeps getting away with some of this stuff. Um, I was just laughing that you're like, yeah, you know, he's like probably best known for being a bookseller. Like that's, I wouldn't, uh, <laughs> no. I don't know, that's a defining feature that people. Um, about. But no, yeah, this, this came out yesterday. Um, highly recommend if you're into this kind of thrillery scene. And um, if you're just waiting for this, the third season uh, to premiere on Netflix, this will definitely fill the void. Um, and I'm interested to see as well how they might adapt this book um, in the show. So I actually don't know what the third season of the show is about in terms of timing with the books. So hmm. it's, yeah, interesting. I'll stop babbling now. That's okay. Um, Maria, how about you? It's your first one. Um, so I just finished like two days ago reading um, Homie, the poems by Danez Smith, which like, I try to read poetry during National Poetry Month, which this also is, but I, I try to read it a couple other times throughout the year, but sometimes I fail. But this is like when I'm like, I'm doing it, it's happening. I actually, I really enjoyed, really enjoyed this. Um, I ended up, it took me a while to finish it only because I realized like the second I started listening to the audiobooks, I saw that he read the poems and I was like, for sure. Um, going to listen to that. I, I needed to like have my hundred percent full concentration in order to enjoy these poems. Like they were so amazing. Um, so I checked out the ebook and then on my phone, I was listening to the audiobook, and then I was reading alongside, which honestly like was really, really mm -hmm. helpful. And also how like poems are formatted, you know, some are in like shapes, some are in certain columns. So it was, it was really enjoyable. His, his reading was 
phenomenal. And so I, yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. It, it actually made me want to read more poetry um, other than my like one a year. So I was very excited about that. Um, that's really, really funny. Um, yeah. I, I've been doing a ton of audiobooks uh, just late. Like I, I think I've almost, I, it's a stupid amount. I should actually count, but one I did pick up because Jill talked about it before as I listened to the final revival of Opal and Nev, um, which I know you started the physical book, Joe, but I will say the audiobook is really fun. Um, it's by Donnie Walton. And I, it's almost like, you know, everyone is comparing it to um, Daisy Jones and the six and like the author Donnie Walton isn't shying away from that. In fact, she did a, like a live event with the author of Daisy Jones, which is adorable that they did like these. Okay. But yeah, it's really cool, but I think it kind of, like, and it is very similar. It's a, it's a oral uh, history. It's fictional, but it's an oral history of a, um, a pair of musicians who work together. Um, Opal is African-American. Nev is a white Englishman. Um, and something happens in the middle of the story. There is a, a horrible event that happens and a tragedy to one of their band members that kind of causes a schism. And so they had created uh, two albums together and then they kind of went their separate ways. And so I would, the reason I think it's kind of like unfairly um, being compared to Daisy Jones is because I feel like Daisy Jones and the Six was very much like, it was a, like the story was entirely centered around the relationships of like the band members and, uh, and everybody there. Um, very much like Fleetwood Mac, which is, you know, we've talked about that ad nauseum. This is more like, there's a whole bunch of like historical and like racial tension type things. And like, it's, it is oral history and it's amazing. And it, I really, really think people will love it. Um, but I don't go in, don't go in expecting Daisy Jones and the six, cause it is a very different story. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. Um, which I know you were hoping it would be like Daisy Jones. No, it's not that I was, ho- no, no, it's not that I was hoping that it was going to be like Daisy Jones and the six. It's more like having it, compared to Daisy Jones and the six made me super interested, but yeah, it's, you know, it, it takes on a different tone just because of, um, the characters and, and what is happening in the world at that time that the band was, um, uh, performing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I will say though, a few things. One, the audiobook, the people they got are amazing. Jill, if you haven't listened yet, Bonnie Turpin is one of the main people. Who okay. Well, yeah. Who I know is <laughs> oh, like your, your favorite. Um, oh my God. That's Put it on hold right now. Put yeah. There's, <laughs> there's also, um, <clears throat> Jill, if you use the uh, top secret overdrive one, I think it's available right now. I'm just saying. Um, there's also uh, Opal's, uh, her like stylist that she works with. I don't know. I need to look up the person who they got for his voice because he is, whew, he's the best. He, I love him so much. Um, he reminds me of, um, oh shoot, that's the, uh, he's a theater actor and he was on American Horror Story. Um, Billy, um, oh, people are screaming. He's a very fashionable man. Do you mean Billy Porter? Porter? Yes, that's exactly who his, that's who, like that is, I don't know if it's Billy Porter actually, but like the voice of the guy who they got to do it the person is like spot on billy porter and i'm like oh my god i hope it is but i don't know i haven't looked it up yet i need to anyway um joe while you're looking that up i know that you i'm um, the nev like do you say you have too many books was it something you want to talk about or i can pass it over to emma again 
Uh, no, give me one second. Um, okay. Uh, hold on. Okay. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll put it on hold in a minute. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I have been reading his only wife by peace at peace. Adzo Midi, I think it's how you, this is so good. So this is about Afi. She is a, um, seamstress. She lives in Ghana in a small town with her mom. And, um, she's sort of like kind of married off to, um, this guy, Elkem, he is like this wealthy businessman and, and her, her mom is, you know, hoping that by Afi marrying him, they can sort of like elevate their status, so to speak. Um, but when Afi gets married, she realizes that he's not quite what they were expecting. Um, for one thing, he doesn't actually show up for their wedding. He sends a proxy, which <laughs> sure. And then when she actually moves from her small town to the capital city where he lives, she finds out he is um, in love with a another woman who has like the family doesn't approve of. And so she is sort of there to kind of try and also like sway him away from this other woman. Um, and it's, it's so well-written and just gorgeous writing. Um, and I'm not super far into it, but I, I, I'm just loving it so far. So, um, yeah, that's his only wife. Um, I've been trying to figure out who the person is. I think it's Andre DeShields. I was going to say, I was- That name sounds super familiar too. Yeah. Yeah. I looked him up and he is very familiar. You will recognize him. He might have- Oh, yeah. Maybe in- Is he from- Does he do Hades? Wow, Adam. Did he do Hades Town? I believe he did Hades Town. Yes. I hope- I'm leaving in that part just there where my brain entirely broke. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. I feel like 99% sure he did Hades Town. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he was Hermes. Um, in Hades. Yeah, I think that's who it was. Anyway, sorry. Opal, that was great. Um, Emma, <laughs> you want to do another one? <laughs> yeah. So I actually, this is one that I'm sorry, it doesn't come out for another couple of months, two months, but it ties in nicely because we were talking about Daisy Jones and the Six. Um, and this is the new book from Taylor Jenkins Reid, Malibu Rising. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes out June 1st, I think. Um, and it was so good. I was lucky enough to, to read an early copy of this. And it basically follows um, four siblings. And they're kind of uh, part of this famous family. Their dad is a sort of notable singer, rock star type of figure. And it's set in the 80s. Um, and it's the end of summer. And they throw this big annual like end of summer party each year. Um, And so the course of the story just kind of covers the 24 hours, um, you know, leading up to the party and then including the party and kind of follows the different siblings while also doing a couple of um, kind of time hops um, back to their parents and things kind of all come together nicely. And it's just, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, it was really good. Um, The family dynamics were really interesting. It was really well-written. There's like intrigue there in that you kind of want to know what's happening with these different siblings and how they got to this situation. There's a lot of really interesting side characters at this party um, because it's like an entertainment industry party as well. So you kind of have characters that I I think are reminiscent of real people, um, but aren't 
you know, named after those real people. And so it was just a really good read. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also just kind of a nice vibe. Like it's set in Malibu in the eighties. And I, I don't know, I read this in the depths of Ohio winter. Um, and it made me really homesick actually for California. Um, but just, it, it really did a good job of sort of transporting you to this like time and place. Um, yeah, and I really liked it. I would definitely recommend checking that out in a couple of weeks, put it on hold at your library. Um, it was so good. Taylor Jenkins Reid, man, she can't, can't do any wrong in my opinion. Maria, what is your next book? Um, so I basically just like have been reading like a string. So I'm just going to say that, and I think Emma and I will be talking about this at some point, but I read A Court of Silver Flames by Sarah J. Moss when it came out. And then I had like an extreme book hangover. And I was like, I, I like don't know what to do. And I don't necessarily want to immediately reread the series, even though I will be doing that. So I, I have been like vacillating between sci-fi or fantasy and romance because I can't read anything that either isn't real or like is not going to be guaranteed to have the ending right now. I don't know if that's like my book hangover mode or also just my like, we're still kind of in COVID mm-hmm. mode. Um, but life hangover mode. Yeah, yeah, life hang- 2020 hangover. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I just wanted to talk about a, a couple sci-fi ones that I've been reading. One come, doesn't come out until July, but it's um, called The Freedom Race by Lucinda Roy. It's the first in a, a new speculative fiction series. And- it's about, um, it's, there was a Civil War sequel, and this is post, they call it the sequel. It's this post-Second Civil War, and there's like all these ideological divisions among states, um, and especially like urban areas versus rural areas, and these rural areas have like plantation-ish, like um, sort of like pods where they keep like anyone darker than a certain shade they have like this color wheel of shades and anyone darker than a certain um like area on this shade is basically like raised to like do one specific thing or whatever um and they're called like um like seed areas and so right now I'm like I'm just about a quarter of the way through but I really like how these seed areas kind of have their own um, kind of oral traditions and like her, the main character's uncle is like telling her stories of like before and that sort of thing. So right now it's like kind of getting up to the point where um, main character is going to have to make a decision about like, am I going to, you know, stay here? Am I going to try and like save my family, you know, by either running away or doing something. So, so far it's been really great. I think it's going to be, um, a very different type of speculative fiction book, at least from the ones that I've read. So it's taking a lot of aspects of slavery, but also kind of, um, you know, that whole aspect of slavery with like lighter people and then darker people all on the like either black spectrum or brown spectrum and really like taking that into play. So I've, I've been enjoying it so far. So that's in July. Um, that sounds super in line with a book that came out a couple years ago, American War by Omar el Um Yes. Kind of the same thing. Like there's a second world war and um, it's very, very similar. So if people are looking for a book that has, and it is, it's set in the future. It's in like 20, 
75 or something okay um so it is similar it's kind of like speculative like futuristic kind of sort of sci-fi um but yeah it's nice yeah yeah I did I was gonna say I haven't read that one but um yeah that sounds like it it's so far so good but like that I don't I don't know what's gonna happen and I try I try to like forget the blurb once I've been like okay read so that I'm not like trying to anticipate anything because I'm like terrible and I will like anticipate things that happen I try like read ahead on the page oh so bad um and then I just want to can I bring up one other one I'm sorry I'm doing a twofer but you're good um I've been I've listened to the entire Murderbot series starting in like the beginning of 2020 and that's been really helpful for my book slash life hangover as well um speaking of narrators i love i love kevin free he reads these he's an actor as well i don't know i try to look up his other audiobooks i don't see a lot of other ones but i just think he does such a good job of mm-hmm. of talking like this um you know construct that is not human but not like completely a robot and his voice is like not so robotic that it's boring but not so human that it's like not convincing. I don't know. Oh my gosh. I just love his narrating of Murderbot. So um, Network Effect is the latest one. And um, that is the first like full length one, um, which didn't realize until I checked it out. And I was like, oh, this is like going to be only three hours. And I was like, oh, JK, it's like nine. (laughs) Um, So, but still delightful. Um, So he's kind of back with his, um, human clients that are basically his associates slash friends, but he doesn't want to call them that um, very much, um, that he had in the first book. And I'm excited because the sixth book comes out at the end of this month, Fugitive Telemetry, and I am very excited about that. So it's if you like sci-fi, but you don't like hard sci-fi, which I sometimes can't handle, this is a really, really good in-between, I think. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, I feel like Alan Tudyk has another one of those voices. Oh, I got I got lost thinking about the the voice thing that you were talking about. I was trying to think <laughs> of other people who could like do robots, but they're like not robotic. Yes, yes, it's like I that's really impressive to me because like my immediate robot voice is like I am a robot, and then it's just like terrible. So <laughs> yeah, I having that. <laughs> having uh, spent the last year reading via Zoom to my niece. I have a newfound respect for people who do like narration and voices specifically, like just matching the tone of a voice. Cause I'll do one and then she'll look at me and be like, is that supposed to be the same person? And I'm like, I don't know. Sort of. I'm bad I don't know. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah. You're following along with me to see who's supposed to be saying it. Yeah. Um, Joe, the ones you want to keep me going back and forth. That's okay. I was just checking. Um, Please keep going back and forth. I have so many books that like I have not read yet that yeah. doesn't really do anybody any good but i have a bunch that i'm planning on reading yeah um before i pass <laughs> doesn't help to, though doesn't yeah, help yeah. though right now um before i pass back to emma i'll do one really quickly um i know that like the venn diagram between our listeners and the reading glasses podcast listeners is like a, a circle so i'll be quick with this one but we ride upon sticks by Quan Berry. Um, it's really fun and Mallory on reading glasses it's like was one of her favorite books of the year and she convinced me to read it it's really good it's about a women's lacrosse field hockey field hockey team um, in Massachusetts in like the 80s and they 
use witchcraft basically to uh to get good and the like kind of quote-unquote burn book that they use to put all of their evil deeds in is an Emilio Estevez notebook so they just spend the entire book calling it Emilio which is delightful um it's really good it's very 80s um it's very 80s it's but it's very very enjoyable uh and all of the characters are freaking delightful so um, I'm, absolutely. And I, I'm going to like move that so far up my to read list because for some reason I didn't realize that they used like witchcraft in yeah. some way to be <laughs> good like I'm 100% reading that now yeah I, it's that's great I also I, love the cover it's one of those that the cover is just like very immediate interest to me Mm-hmm. yeah it's it's delightful so um yeah that's what we ride upon sticks um emma you can you can go next <laughs> okay so since maria mentioned it we're going to talk about the entire a court of thorns and roses here <laughs> <laughs> because the last time i was on this podcast i double checked was for read an ebook day in the end of 2020 and i said i was going to read a court of thorns and roses <laughs> on read any book day and I did not because, <laughs> because this is one of those series where I knew I would love it. And I, you know, when you're just not like in the right headspace to commit to something that, you know, you're just really going to love. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, but I just wasn't ready. I like, couldn't do it. Maria has been telling me to read it for literally the last year plus, And I just couldn't do it until February of this year because winter sucked. Um, (laughs) it did, it was terrible and I needed, I was like, all right, it's time we're reading it. So I promptly, um, read the entire series, including a court of silver flames, which was good timing because my reading of this series coincided with the release of that book. Um, my gosh, (laughs) that's all I have to say. It's so good. Um, It's so good. I told Maria, it's like my entire personality now. (laughs) <laughs> I just want to talk about it. I just want to talk about this series. I just want to like look at fan theories about it. I just want to buy like art prints of oh, fan art. Oh. It's, like it's fan art is like I will go in like a Pinterest or Tumblr rabbit hole of fan art. It's just like it there. Um, and they just announced they're making it into a, a TV series with Hulu. Yeah. Um, and so I'm pumped that more and more people are reading this, even though I, again, I know it's not new. Um, this came out so many years ago, but it's so good. And I think what I like about it, um, is that the series does like age up, mm-hmm. um, which makes me feel better that I'm reading it <laughs> as an adult. Um, in fact, like the, the most recent book, A Court of Silver Flames is, is very adult. Yes. Um, it's like perhaps one of the like smuttiest books I've ever read in my life and I say that in the nicest way like oh yeah um like I it was it was so good (laughs) and I think like the one thing that I've like so I actually read this series at the beginning of quarantine I was like I'm just gonna get into it because I got I don't know what's going on I'm not going anywhere. I'm not seeing literally anybody. At least now I'm seeing like some people. So I like blazed through them. But what I thought she did a really good job with is this latest book, which came out February. Yeah, February. I think mid February. February. Mm -hmm. Um, Is from a different point of view than 
most of the other books. Um, I think one of the other books, like the shorter one, the 3.1 or whatever, was in multiple viewpoints. But, you know, so I know a lot of people were really worried about switching point of view um, voice, but I thought she did a really good job doing that. It like didn't, it didn't seem like a total shock from reading the previous books. I mean, Emma, you read them more closely together, but I, I thought she did a good job with that. She did such a, I'm like, she did such a good job. Um, I'm actually annoyingly, I read that whole series, flew through it. Um, I actually just started it again, which is, <laughs> I mean, embarrassing. I don't know because no, I was, no, I, no I've been trying, no, so like Maria said, I've been trying to, um, read other books to sort of get over this massive book hangover and like it's not working so I'm just going back to and reading it again um but sort of like in the quest to get over this book series um I've just been reading a lot more like new adult and young adult kind of fantasy type of stuff just because I think it's such a nice deviation from actual life in any way shape or form Mm -hmm. um that it's like kind of all I have the capacity to read at the moment because you know I mean we're still we're still in a pandemic we're still at home a lot things are are improving I think but there are still a lot of things that have just been really hard and so these books have just been I mean really helpful in having something to look forward to and reading Mm -hmm. and kind of diving into these characters in this fantasy world um but yeah, I'm just pumped about this series. I want to talk about it all the time. <laughs> I'm super cool. Again, like it's not reality <laughs> right now. Listen, <laughs> there's no no judgment. I nope. just to zone out, I reread Walden like a couple weeks ago. And I was just like, you know, it sounds nice mm-hmm. living in a cabin and not talking to anybody because I'm so tired of only talking to people via Zoom. I'm like, you know what? I'm just taking the final step and I'm just going to go... <laughs> I'm going to go count the squirrels around my cabin, which is basically what Walden is about in case anyone has never read it. <laughs> that is the, that is the uh, one sentence summary of Walden. <laughs> yeah. Guy is very good at building cabin. Guy is a philosopher. So every chapter has like one very quotable thing that people will put on a book, on a notebook. Guy <laughs> counts all the crickets that come by him. Like that's it, and it's fine, and it's beautiful, and I love it. Yeah. I'm all for it. <laughs> Maria, what's your next one? Um, so I um, the only thing that really got me, I'm going back to the book Hangover because the only thing sure. that really got me out of the book Hangover was Legendborn by Tracy Dion. Oh my gosh, it was so good. Um, I really liked it. Um. For those of you, I don't even have it pulled up to like, oh my God, I'm like so excited. I just like yelled about it. But um, (laughs) um, if you haven't read it um, and you like YA fantasy, I highly recommend it. It's not, it's really cool because the setting is on UNC Chapel Hills campus, which is just, I think a really awesome setting for something then something you don't usually see. I mean, I know there's fantasy that's like kind of set in the real world like holly black you know at least like the human world is more like present time whatever in that series but this is um the main character brie is going to early college at unc chapel hill and and basically discovers these kind of like secret magical societies that are based on arthurian legend and she gets herself mixed up in it because she wants to find more about the mom that she lost and it just snowballs so aggressively 
from her like being like, oh, I'll like do this and then get out in like a month. Um, but then she kind of becomes involved with one of the guys who's in college there. Um, and there are so many things happening, so many kind of backstabbing moments and self-discovery moments and discovery about her family and kind of the history of that area too. Um, I used to live in North Carolina and I've, I've been on that campus. So I think that was also especially fun for me. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a really, a really great new YA fantasy that is set a little bit differently than others. Uh, I'm very excited for the next installment of that. Um, I mean, you want to talk about the book you don't like? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because it, I mean, this is a good segue. So obviously in my attempt to find things similar, um, kind of in this YA new adult fantasy romancy realm, um, the book that I saw recommended on like every platform, you know, on book TikTok and like Goodreads and um, just everywhere was from Blood and Ash by Jennifer L. Armentrout. Um, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't love it. I really did not. Um, this book follows a girl whose actual name I can't pronounce, but they call her Poppy. So we'll go with that. Um, and she's known as the maiden in this uh, sort of fantasy realm called Macedonia. Um, and the, the whole kingdom's sort of fate rests on the hands of this maiden. Um, and they can't sort of go through this big ascension day ceremony. I, I'm a little bit confused on what the process of that is. It might be explained further in later books. Um, and so it just kind of hinges on her role in this big ascension day. And um Obviously, that means they need to keep her protected. They need to keep her around <laughs> until the space ceremony. Um, and so that's where we, we meet Hawk with an E at the end, just so you know. Um, and he's this hunky guard who is there to, uh, you know, keep her safe and keep her protected as sort of external threats are trying to um, kind of invade this kingdom and also you know, get Poppy out of the way and a, a bunch of other things. Um, of course, there's kind of like a enemies to lovers storyline with Hawk and Poppy. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of other things at play. Um, I thought it was really interesting in the, in some of the things they pulled into the story, but I, I felt like it was a lot of story building um, to kind of get to the good stuff. Um, and I know that that's hard with fantasy books because they're, I mean, you have to do a lot of groundwork. You have to mm -hmm. introduce like all the characters and all the things and there's different creatures and like different realms and whatever. Um, but it, it just didn't, it just didn't do it for me. Um, so of course I am reading the second book um, <laughs> because I am, I'm kind of just of the point where I, I'm just so confused as to why I don't like it when the hype for this book is um, is a lot. And so I am reading the second book because, uh, my friend just read books one and two as well and said that to keep going, she said, give it a chance. Um, so I'm giving book two a chance and we'll see. There is a third book. So the second book that I'm reading right now is a kingdom of flesh and fire. And it kind of picks up, uh, exactly where, you know, book one left it right after book one leaves off. 
Um, and yeah, the third book actually comes out, I think it's this month. Um, yeah, April 20th, it's called The Crown of Gilded Bones. So um, I think this might just be a series that's hit or miss with readers. You either love it or you don't. Um, but we'll see. I might change my mind by the, by the next time we chat about books. I might be obsessed and that might be my whole personality. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm a relatively new reader of any type of fantasy. Um, mm -hmm. So I really can't call myself an expert on what makes a good fantasy. But uh, for me, it, it was it was just a little bit confusing and out of my out of my comfort zone in terms of what I was looking for. But um, we'll see. I'm going to continue giving it a try. I, I mean, good on you, I guess, for doing that, because I, I probably know. wouldn't do that. I would not well, do that so, either. Yeah. No, <laughs> but you said like what makes a good fantasy like. I, that is the type of thing, like, I wouldn't worry about that so much, just whether you like it or not and why you like it. I think it's yeah. like, I read a book last week called Topics of Conversation by Miranda Popke. And I have a friend, Julia, who's actually married to a coworker of ours, Ben. And I've known her like basically all our lives. We went to middle school together and she likes a particular type of book and she thinks it's hilarious to recommend them to me. And then I read them and I get furious and they are Sally, they are Sally Rooney books. <laughs> that I know everyone else loves and that's great. So I know that I'm in the minority, but like, I don't super love books about terrible people being proud about how terrible they are. And also they get away with it because they use very large words and they have like, they just talk in a way that I'm like, no one speaks like that. I get yeah. it. You went to Columbia. It's great. Yeah. And this <laughs> is one of those books where like, it's, I think this is better than, than Sally Rooney books, but it's like this main character is a, this unnamed um, female protagonist. And it's a, a bunch of conversations that she has over the course of like 20 years of her life. And each of them are very interesting in the sense that they all kind of focus on something, whether it's like motherhood or disgust or desire or loneliness or art, whatever like the conversation is. But the whole time, it's just her being angry about her lot in life. But her lot in life is awesome. It's like she is extremely successful she comes from a very easy life. She has all of the best potential education. And like, she is happily wrecking stuff for herself. And then when she does, she's like, ugh, you know, everything's bad. I'm like, you're the one who made it bad. You, oh. you just told us in the last conversation why you made it bad because you were bored with your life. And like, then again, my friend Julia, I was like texting her while I was reading. I was like, this is such a you book and I'm furious about it. And like, <laughs> And it's, and I get that the people will like it for sure um, because it's really well written, but it's just like, for me personally, I don't like it, but I read it anyway. And that doesn't make it a bad book. It's if people like Sally Rooney books, and again, a ton of people do, they'll probably love Topics of Conversation. Right. I read it going in knowing I probably wasn't going to like it and confirmation bias, I suppose. <laughs> but so, but again, it doesn't make it a bad book and it doesn't make the fantasy book you're reading a bad book. It's just not for you. And then and I think that's okay. Yeah, when, I think it's huh. so interesting. I mean, um, the same friend who just read the first two from Blood and Ash books, I just told her to read, obviously, A Court of Thorns and Roses. And so she's reading that now and likes that. And it's just interesting to me, like how much we enjoy certain similarities in books, but then how other things just don't resonate. And so she mm -hmm. really loved the, you know, really loved the Jennifer L. Armantrout books. Um, and I obviously am not super mm -hmm. thrilled with that. I had that, I had that happen to me as like a book recommender, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, 
I feel like if I didn't like a book that someone recommended, I'd be like, oh, like I feel so bad about telling them. But it's actually like not, I was not offended at all. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, it was Ninth House by Lee Bardugo, which I, I really enjoyed. Um, and my friend who likes fantasy, I was like, I think you're gonna like this. It's really cool. You know, it takes place at Yale. And he was just like, I, I just like, I just couldn't get into it. You know, it wasn't for me. I'm like, all right, you know, mm-hmm. it's no big deal. I mean, yeah. I still love it. So yeah. it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter. To me. I was, I was like, I don't know why I am so worried about telling somebody I don't like a book, but yeah, that Julia and I have a special friendship where like, we will like she'll specifically say read this you're gonna hate it but I want to yeah. know how much you're gonna hate it or I'll be like re- I'll be like Julia read this it's gonna make you sob and she's like great can't wait yeah. yeah yeah and then I think also like it was one of my librarian friends and I just feel like I'm just circling back to National Library Week I just feel like you know librarians are just honestly like the most non-judgmental reading people I've ever met overall mm-hmm. um as a blanket statement. And so like, it was one of my librarian friends and he was just like, didn't like it. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to think of a different recommendation for you then, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and then you just go on. So yeah, no judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of, and I did this on Twitter the other day or last night and I was laughing. Jill, I saw your response. Um, Jill is a librarian who wrote a memoir about being a librarian in prisons. So you should read reading behind bars. If you haven't yet, everyone, because it's fantastic yeah yeah and joe's librarian i was i laughed so hard you did the like dwight shoot like it's true it's true i love this <laughs> i even like putting the tweet i was like adam wrote this tweet because joe will never self-promote so it was just <laughs> it's um, true yeah all right well i know some i think jill you got a meeting pretty soon so i'll give you a few minutes but um maria emma thank you as always we'll, we'll probably do more of this as we are constantly looking for thursday episode ideas yes we are yes we are so um thank you both for joining us today thanks for having us this was fun yeah and i hope everybody enjoyed this episode of the professional book nerds podcast readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in marketplace professional book nerds is proud to be an evergreen podcast signature program to learn about other evergreen podcasts visit evergreenpodcasts.com our podcast is produced recorded and edited by adam sokol and jill grunewald and presented by overdrive for more information visit professionalbooknerds.com Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.